Welcome to the Leaders Lab, the podcast created to help millennial multi-passionate entrepreneurs build, organize, launch, and manage their online brands and businesses without losing balance. And now, here's your host, the digital organization development consultant, cross-cultural communications specialist, and your favorite global leader, Dr. Charity C. Campbell. Happy Wednesday, Entre Leaders, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Leaders Lab podcast. For 20 straight weeks, we've been coming, giving you great content and helping you um, improve your leadership traits and characteristics. We have a very special guest on today's show and a very interesting topic. Uh, I would like to introduce my dear friend, Dr. Frank Larby. He is a full-time associate researcher in international and comparative education at South China Normal University. Uh, And he is also an adjunct lecturer at the Guangdong Polytech Normal University. He obtained his PhD degree in international and comparative education, educational leadership and policy from Beijing Normal University right here in China. His research interests are in the scope of internationalization of higher education and education for sustainable development. He has also published several research articles in the sphere of education and social science, citation index um, journals, primarily focusing on higher education. And he's also the founder of Lofric Institute, which you can find uh, the, the website listed in the show notes and also in the description box of this. Not only is he the founder of Lofric Institute, but he is also a public speaker and my dear friend. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Dr. Frank Larby to the show. Hello, friend. Hello, Dr. Charity Campbell. Thank you for such a nice introduction. Ah, well, you know, I try. (laughs) I try. So uh, today's topic is an interesting one. Today we're talking about life after doctor. Is getting a PhD or is getting a doctorate worth it? And so um, I know you have some varying opinions about this topic, which we'll get into in just a moment. But um, why don't you tell the people a little bit about um, like how long you have had your degree and all of the different publications that you've done so far, because you've, you've published a lot within a short amount of time. So can you share a little bit about that with my audience, please? All right. Thank you for that question. Anyways, before I start, uh, nice, sir. Yeah, that's uh, you look pretty good there. All right, so um, coming back to your question, yeah, I completed my PhD in 2018. That is like three years ago. Yeah, almost three years ago. And um, I started uh, my, my, my work in South China Normal University in, I think, December 2018. Yeah, so I've done almost like two and a half years. And yeah, as you mentioned, publication, you know, when you do PhD or when you um, um, advanced to the PhD level. I mean, well, everything you do is research and publication. So you kind of master yourself in that area. So before, you know, having this job, I kind of mastered myself. So when I started, I knew what I was doing. Right. And I did straight that. So yeah. Um, one of the best way that helped, you know, it's collaborations 
because we are in a sphere of academia and we have other researchers who also share similar interest. So the best and efficient way to probably do a competent or efficient research increase your publication is collaboration. You talk to people with similar ideas to collaborate so that um, you, you'll be able to work efficiently. You have um, um, scientific data, you know, the analysis, like you'll be checking on each other, right? As the scripture says, iron sharpened iron. So you'll be sharpening each other, guiding each other, and um, I'm watching each other's back. So at the end of the day, you make sure everything you're freaking is of high quality. And there you go. Yeah, so, yeah, that is it. But one most important thing is uh, most of my publications are from my PhD station. So it made it a little bit easier for me to um, transfer or to divide my dissertation into articles and publish. Okay. So I've kind of published like two from my, no, three. So one when I was doing my PhD and two after my PhD. And I'm working on the third no, the fourth one now to be published probably, you know, in the near future. So, yeah, I, I don't work magically, but it's strategic. Yeah, but you got a lot published in a short amount of time, and which makes me excited about the publication that we'll be working on. So <laughs> just yeah. want to make sure I put that back out there <laughs> as a reminder to you so you are doing your part. Uh, but anyways... <laughs> Yeah, I know you have so many other works that you are working on, but this, this is important, you know? So when, you know, one of the things we've, we've talked about this quite often, especially in academia, uh, about the rule of publish or perish. You right. know, we've talked about that a lot, especially um, yeah. in China. Um, I feel like in Western culture, it may be a little more lax than, than it was before, but in China, it's yeah. very, very, it's like one of the highest uh, requirements that you have is like, you know, publish or perish um, when you're outside of EAP, which is English for academic purposes. So um, what has your experience been with um, the demand or the 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 mandate to publish, 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 publish um, in your position? All right. Very good and critical question. And I just published it. No, I haven't published it, but I wrote a, a paper, a research on, on that topic, Publish or Perish, and it's oh. in general. So I'm hoping for it to, to be accepted. Yeah. So coming back to your question, the phenomenon of publish or perish is... Um, it's making acad academics. Um, I mean, excuse, I'm I'm very straightforward, and I see things as how they are. You know, yeah, it's making academic dump. Yeah, I mean, it might not be the right word to use, but that's the only word that's coming. To wait, me. wait, whoa, whoa, what do you mean, academic dump? What's that, academic dump? Yeah, I'm coming to that. So. The importance of research is to identify a problem and contribute to the solution of the problem or, or make recommendation for consideration by policymakers. So that those problems you've identified, probably other researchers might have identified similar problems. That is why you do literature review. All right. So you use this liter literature review in combination with the theoretical framework, 
based on it, come out with your own concept. All right. And, and, and it is, it's a door opener for you to enter into studying, critical analyzing the problem. After doing all these jobs, spending your lifetime making this critical investigation for a couple of months, even sometimes it takes a year. Mm. All what the universities expect you is to just publish. Mm. And that is all. The universities are becoming more selfish because the higher the publication and the higher the citation index, the higher they are ranked globally. So all the universities from Europe, America, I mean, all over the world, in Asia, Africa, everywhere, higher educational institutions want to be ranked higher. Therefore, due to this selfishness, they push um, academics to focus much on research and publication. I mean, I love research. As you mentioned, I've published a lot of papers. It means I love research. But the, thing, the reason why I said they make academics dumb is instead of higher educational institution to, to provoke, I use the word provoke for, for a reason, or to push or to urge academics to put their ideas into practice, to be the leader of the idea or of the of of, of the um, study they've made, it, to be the leader in terms of implementation and taking it off to action, they don't do that. Mm. They don't do that. No one cares about the workability of your ideas. No one cares about how your ideas will be significant to the society, but they care about you publishing your paper. So you're so, saying that the work that you do doesn't matter. It's just the fact that you did the work and it's published. Exactly. The influence, the impact doesn't matter. Wow. So I, I, for example, I spent all my lifetime in school from mm -hmm. kindergarten to PhD. Mm -hmm. All right. This long years, like, I would say if I put all the times I've spent in a classroom together, it might be like more than 25 years. Okay. All right. I spent my life studying, studying, studying. I come out from my PhD program with much knowledge in research, investigation, scientific research and investigation. All right. All what you tell me to do is to write a research and publish. But you don't care about how I will be able to lead or I will be able to, to ensure that my research is having the that is having the significant impact in the society. And that's what matters most to you as a researcher. Exactly. I want to see something changed based on the research I have done. And but how do you know someone is reading your, your publication? That's, that's the most important. How do you know someone is reading it? How do you know no one is reading it? Hmm. All right. And, and if you do your research, you make recommendation for a specific group of people, not for everybody. Right. Others will read your work for literature review to review, to also write another junk paper. That it will have no impact. Hmm. 
right. So if I write a research, all right, I make recommendation to probably policymakers, maybe to Ministry of Education, maybe to uh, um, educational heads or principals of institutions and stuff like that. Mm. Now, how am I sure that these policymakers are reading my papers? How will my papers, my ideas get to the institutional heads and principals? Mm. How will my papers and my, my recommendation get to the teachers? This is what universities must ensure, right? So if I do a research about, say, special education, and I design a very nice framework of how to teach uh, um, children with, you know, um, um, in some sort of impairment in a classroom, like I design a methodology, I design a framework, you know, with some sort of um, combination of technology and all this kind of stuff. What the universities as research institutions must, must, must do is not just to see my work published and they'll feel happy about it and give me promotion, but is to make sure that I lead if I need a research fund to do that, they should help me to get it. Then I lead, I make an impact. I, I use a school as a pilot, all right? I train the teachers based on my investigation, based on my recommendations. I, I kind of, and with the knowledge that I have, I train the teachers, okay, I proposed this sort of theories, this sort of teaching methodology. Let's have a, an experimental uh, um, uh, um, or, or a practical experience of it and see how it will work. And mind you, I do methodology and stuff like that. So probably I have done an experiment or I've done um, um, an investigation of how it's going to work. So let's implement it. Right. So I go to a school. I'm a researcher from this university. There's a research I've done. Let's see how it's going to work. I team up with the teachers. I team up with the school administrators. And we ensure that it works. So we take maybe one or two schools as, as for piloting. And if it works and go on well, we'll be making a national or a regional, you know, recommendation and change. Hmm. So before the university probably will give me a promotion, they have to make sure I've gone through all this process and my idea is working. Yeah, but there's a chance that you won't get that promotion if if nobody is seeing your, you know, I guess really looking at your research and and um I mean, you don't know who's you don't know whose eyes are looking at your research. That's what I was saying before. Like you don't know who's seeing it. So how do you know if you're going to qualify for that promotion? Is it just based on the amount of publications that you have accepted? Or is it, I mean, is it just based on the number? Is it actually based on the quality? Is it based on the quantity of what you publish or the quality of what you publish? Yeah, I mean, I mean, promotions are based on quantity and quality. The quality mm -hmm. is determined by the kind of journal you published in. Okay. Yeah, the kind of journal. So um, it's, not, it's not the content that they really care about. It's the... No, it's the journal. Oh. So if your journal has high impact factor and you publish in that journal, it is assumed that the content is quality. And I just want to reiterate the fact that we're talking about um, 
higher education institutions here in China. We're not talking about necessarily in the States or in the UK, although it probably is the same, but we're specifically talking about the requirements and the qualifications um, here in higher education in China. The Bureau of um, Labor Statistics with the United States Department of Labor reported that people with any type of doctoral degree can earn over 50% more than those with a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that with everything that all your frustrations when it comes to having to publish and not knowing if if there is an actual impact um, that's being made, um, do you feel that getting, do you feel like a doctorate does help, have, help you to earn more as opposed to a master's degree? Now, this is with us being here in China, you know, because even with even with the pay in China, it's still I know some people who don't have a master's degree and they're still making a lot more money. It's just based on their experience. So um, do you agree with that statement that, you know, doctoral people with doctoral degrees can earn 50 percent more than those with just a master's degree? <laughs> wow. Uh, that is. Uh, yeah, that is a very good critical question. I read a book and I I wrote a review on that book. Um, and the, the title of the book is uh, The Case Against Education, Why Education is a Waste of Time and Money. And I recommend that you read uh, the book. Yeah. Uh, Why Education is a Waste of Time and Money. Um, yeah. And the writer is... Uh, let me get a name of the writer. I'll come back to your question. Yeah, by Brian Kaplan. Uh, Brian okay. Kaplan. If you want, if you want to, like I can, I can edit this part out, and you can, you can say it again now that you know the name. So you can, you know, you can start with. I read a book by Brian Kaplan entitled Blah Blah Blah, and I recommend that you read it. So I can cut this part out, and then it, it'll sound like you just, you know, went straight to the book and oh, straight to the book, and then answered the question. Okay. So can I go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I recommend you read a book uh, titled The Case Against Education, Why Education is a Waste of Time and Money by Brian Kaplan. Well, I I wrote a review on that book. It's a really interesting book. I love it. So coming back to your question, yeah, if I get a pay rise um, for pursuing my PhD, I think they're just paying me to compensate my time and the fees I've paid to pursue my PhD. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I think. You're just paying me because you've, you've, you spent time about three, four, five years pursuing your PhD. You paid, you paid tuition fees and all this kind of stuff. So I just paying you to compensate. That is what I think. All right. But when we talk about, knowledge all right knowledge and application of knowledge it is not evidenced by holding a paper called certificate yeah i can ask you a simple question everything you know and everything you're doing now did you learn them in school no if if you take a critical reflection and do statistics, you, you, may, you, may, 
you may find out that about about 40% of the things or even more percentage of the things you know now and we're not taught in school. Yeah. All right. So so then so then certificate is not an evidence that I know something much better. And I mean, I've always wanted to work in the university as a professor. And when I was young, after senior high school, right, when I was really young. But I always say this, and I'll keep on saying it, that higher education or academia doesn't make sense to me anymore. Why do I say that? For example, I go to the university. I study business administration and leadership or whatsoever or any program do my bachelor's, master's, PhD. I get into the university right after my, my PhD. I get a position, assistant professor or a lecturer, as in some countries they will say, all right? And I start teaching students to become leaders, to become entrepreneurs, to become managers. Meanwhile, the person standing teaching have no experience of management. I have zero experience of leadership. I have zero experience in entrepreneurship. Yes, so I'm teaching students. What am I teaching them? What you read in a book? Exactly. <laughs> you're teaching them the you're teaching them the, the textbook, <laughs> the I'm textbook that was given to you and, and told you to create a lesson. Exactly. So I'm literally reading a textbook to them. And everybody can read. Students who are in the university can read and understand. So anyone can just stay home, read the same textbook I read to be a professor. They can read it and they'll get the knowledge they want to get. So at the end of the day, you be passionate about this thing. <laughs> you you be too passionate about this thing. <laughs> you be, I, that's why I always love asking you these questions, Cliff. And I just sit back and, and I'm quiet because you just go. Off, you, you literally, you literally just go off. But I get, I bet you are happy that you have that degree, regardless of regardless of what's happening after the fact. Okay, yes, okay, same thing here. Exactly, you know, EAP was not my thing. Ma management was my thing. That's why I have a doctor of management, which we're going to get into the different types, uh, the differences between a PhD and professional doctoral degrees in just a moment. But um, so I, I feel your frustration on that. Absolutely. But the question still stands. The title of the question still stands. Is it worth getting a doctoral degree? Is it worth getting your PhD? Not necessarily so much as to the frustration of how everything is going on after it, but is it worth it? Do you actually feel that all the years, all the money, well, I, th I think you have scholarships, but so maybe not for you, all the money, but for me and for others who like had to pay, you know, is it worth all the years? Or is it worth the sacrifice of having a social life? Is it worth, you know, the money that was paid? Is having doctor in front of your name worth it now that you have a job? And you know, there are actually some, there are some PhD and some um, uh, professional doctoral uh, holders who do not have a job. They're either overqualified or, um, you know, or maybe 
it'll be said that like their standards are too high for the job or whatever. I mean, is it worth having that doctor in front of your name? This is this is life after, you know, life after PhD, life after DM, doctor of management. Like, is it worth it? Okay. You better you better you better be honest. Oh, I mean, you know me, I'm very honest. I say this as how it is, right? I'm I'm happy I have a PhD and answering this question. Uh, if I if I if if I hadn't, you know, pursued to have my PhD now, like everything I would say would just be guessing, right? But now I'm talking from an experiential point of view and I'm speaking right on top of issues here. Getting a PhD is useless. It's useless. I don't know how you understand the word useless. Oh, you so deep. Go ahead. Yeah. It's useless. Okay. That is what I mean. Useless. Okay. Well, explain that. Having the name doctor comes with a huge responsibility. True. You are a doctor of philosophy, a doctor of management, a doctor of education, doctor of whatsoever you are in. You're supposed to think beyond the normal. Think beyond the guy who has masters. True. Think beyond a guy who dropped out from school and and and, and is now the got a food truck on the got a food truck on the corner selling tacos and hot dogs. You know right, but. Is we use the title less. Mm. Now, why why should someone with a PhD says I'm unemployed? It's an insult to the certificate, to the degree you have in. You have PhD, unemployed, and you have the boldness to tell people I'm not employed. You know that shame of that. Well, well, they can't help it if the if the job market isn't providing them a job. No, no, like, no. no. So, so, so are you telling them job. to go and create a job? You're create saying you have a that is the knowledge you've gained. Create something. You get a PhD. You can't create anything. That is what I'm saying. It's useless. Okay, Frank. Okay, Doctor Larby. You just so so. What happened to? Let me mention names of. Some people admire. What happens to um, Jack Ma, Alibaba of China? Does he have PhD? No, he doesn't. He got a whole lot of money. Mark Zuckerberg, he was a school dropout. Bigger, we all know. Jeff Bezos. I mean, all these billionaires don't have PhDs. I mean, some of them were billionaires, and you know, they just wanted to get a certificate, so they went to they went back to school. You know, after they've made all their monies. So if, if dropouts are using their brains creating jobs and we call ourselves doctors, we can't even create a job for one person. Shame unto us all. Yeah, you can argue we are into research, research, research. Research is very important, as I've mentioned earlier, and I don't want to go back to what I've already said. Mm-hmm. All right. But call all the, the PhDs and ask them. What remarkable impact has your research practically have on our societies? How many lives, how many policies have you influenced? Listen, that's why I'm a firm believer of of having, you know, I guess we call them side hustles, but not really having, 
you know, I, so your, your job, academia, research, whatever you're doing with that, that's, you know, that could be your, your career, but I fully, right. fully believe in having your passion, which is your purpose, which is why I have the leaders lab, uh, you know, which is why I have Dr. Charity TV, Dr. The Explorer, Amazonicorn. Like I have, which is why you have low Frick Institute. We have separate things because suppose what you're doing in academia does not affect the masses. It may just affect your students, which I will say, I will say, I do have a, a strong feeling about that, not in terms of research, but if what I am teaching, what I bring to the classroom, which I always bring my A game to my students, I always bring my best to my students. If I impact one student, which doesn't necessarily come from the textbook, okay? Let me just say that, like we talked about before, when I when I come to my students, if I'm teaching my students, um, if I, you know, in a classroom, we can, my classes may tend to go off on a tangent sometimes. So I start talking about other things um, in class, but they are life lessons to, to, to teach the students. And if that can impact them, yeah, it's not the research, it's not the masses, but if I can impact, uh, impact my students in class, I do think that's worth it. However, I do agree with you. I do agree with you that, you know, just only doing what your job is or like your career is not enough to have an impact, not a lasting impact. So that's why you need to have something on the side. That's what I firmly believe. And I, I got that from my, uh, my professors when I was in my doctoral program. They, they didn't just teach. Like they ran full businesses, like had government contracts as well. My, my professors were, they were so dope. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be like them. So mm. yeah, so that's, that's my take on that. So... Um, and yeah, you're talking about student having impact on students. Let me tell you one sad thing that is happening. Not 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 in China, like all over the world. I mean, I don't want to be talking specifically about a certain country because all most of higher education institutions are almost the same. Now, there have been a huge disconnection between teachers and students. Hmm. Why? Because te- I don't blame teachers for that. Right, because teachers have their jobs to protect. They have to publish, or they must publish, or they go out. Their contract will not be renewed. Their contract will be terminated. True. And you know, in publication, it takes a lot of time. Your paper must go through peer reviewed. It has to go through. Before peer review, it has to go through desk editing whether to decide whether your, your paper fits or not. If it fits, praise the Lord, it goes through peer review, and no one knows how long it's going to take, all right? It can take months. Mm-hmm. The shortest time you can ever get is maybe two months or three months, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it can take a half prepared like it took like eight months in peer review. Wow. After peer review, you they'll like if you have two or three, I don't depending on the number of, number of reviewers, they'll give you corrections to work on. And you you you're gonna take if you're very fast, you're gonna take like one month. Sometimes you need even more than one month to work on those corrections. You send it again. That is if they don't reject, okay. That is if they don't if they reject it, you have to look for another journal and start the whole process again. But let's say your research is very good. They don't, 
if they don't reject it, you have to work on the corrections. You have to send it again. It has to go through the same process. They will send it back to you. So after all the back and forth, if they finally accept it, one year is gone. Mm-hmm. One year is already gone. Wow. Then it has to go through processes for publication, another couple of months. So if you, as, as a professor in a university or as a um, academic, if you're supposed to publish even one paper in a year, let's say your university is so merciful. So they say only one paper. You don't have to risk your life to write one research. You need to write like four research. Do like four researches. Write four research papers, articles. Send it to journals. Then if you are lucky, want to go through. But if you put all your eggs in one basket and the egg falls, you, you are doomed. All right. So, so then... Professors or academics are busy focusing writing people, busy focusing writing people, applying for a research fund. Do you think they have t- quality time for you, the student, to counsel you, to guide you, to give you that one-on-one teacher-student connection? Yeah, that type of connection. No. It's, yeah, no. I mean, I did my master's, I did my... Uh, PhD, <laughs> I didn't have that connection with my teachers. And I wouldn't yeah. blame them because they have their jobs to protect. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's money. here in China because I had I had connections with my teachers. I yeah. had, you know, in, in the States, I had connections with my teachers. I think um, well let me ask you, were your were your teachers foreigners or were they Chinese? Both. Both. Okay. So in the States, in the States, I had those connections. Um, You know, I mean, obviously you can just walk up to a teacher or just call a teacher, you know, because they were very busy. And like I said, they had their careers and they also had their businesses and other projects, but my teachers were accessible. All of my professors were accessible within the amount of time, you know? So, so I, I understand the whole part about, you know, trying to make sure you have job security. So you publish and you do all the stuff that you need to do. And, but you cannot, you can't risk the, the, the development of your students as a result of that. That's, I mean, I know that's a, like, like, that's totally off topic of what we're I talking mean, about, but yeah, students have been sacrificed. Well, that's not good. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you can do research on this. I mean, I tend to be corrected, but you can do research on this. And find out from students' perspective, yeah. what sort of apart from academics, all right, aside from academics, what sort of um, um, you know we have cognitive domain, af- uh, affective domain, and psychomotor. Affective got to do with you know the soul or impartation um, to help the person build him, his or her personal personality, all right. What kind of influence do they get from teachers to build that confidence that that power in them Hmm. you know i know teachers teachers all right are automatically counselors but that aspect of teaching is missing and i don't blame teachers for that all right I'm, i'm talking about higher education not primary or Right. Um, kindergarten, you know, I'm talking about universities. That that thing is not there. Yeah. All right. So if I have students I'm supervising, 
I'm not, I'm not just supervising their academics or their thesis. Right. I have to help them to grow. So that after their thesis, help them develop, yeah. Yeah, so after their thesis, they'll know where and how, to, you know, life is about and where to go. All right. But it's like this supervision is like just thesis. Just thesis. And that is all. I don't care anything about you anymore. Well, that's what's expected of you in your position, though. Yeah, that's what is expected. But that's what I'm saying that as doctors, we have to think about the normal. Okay. So right. the difference is, because uh, someone may be wondering, like, what's the difference between a PhD or, a, like, for me, a doctor of management? And for those of you who are listening right now and you're wondering about that, first of all, if you are watching um, the Leaders Lab podcast right now on YouTube and you're getting some valuable information or if you just you're loving this episode, I definitely ask you to hit the like button. Also, subscribe and share because you never know what good information or value you're going to get from the Leaders Lab podcast. And so uh, but back to the question. So in case you're wondering what's the differences between like a Ph.D., and a professional doctoral degree. Well, a PhD specifically, which is Dr. Frank, okay, so Dr. Larby over here, he has a PhD, all right, and he's smiling right now. For those of you who are not watching the video, he's smiling right now, and I have a feeling I know why he's smiling, but you don't, don't do it, Frank. <laughs> don't say it. Don't, I'm don't I'm do it. I'm you better behave. You better behave. You better not do it because I know what you're going to say. A PhD, a PhD primarily focuses more on finding research, data analysis and theoretical evaluations, whereas a professional doctorate focuses more on applying research to practical problems and formulating solutions to complex problems and designing effective professional practices within their chosen field. Now, both are considered terminal degrees, meaning that you have achieved the highest formal degree in that field. And so just in case you're wondering what some of these professional um, doctoral degrees are, um, we have, uh, of course, DBA, which is not doing business as, but DBA is a doctor of business administration. We have a DPH, which is um, a doctor of public health. And for all of my attorneys, those in law, we have the JD, which is a doctor of um, jurisprudence, I think, doctor of jurisprudence. Then we have an MD, which everyone knows, which is a doctor of medicine. We also have um, DSWs, which is a doctor of social work. We have um, EDD, or also it's, I, I just realized, um, I just discovered that it's also D.ED as well, which is a doctor of education. And then also too, like for mine, we have, um, we have a DM, which is a doctor of management. And so the difference, in case you're wondering once again about the difference between the two is um, PhDs, it's a doctor of philosophy. So you tend to focus more on, on philosophy and theories and, and a comment that I made to Frank before was that what well, Dr. Larvey before is that, you know, PhDs, they, they do a lot of the thinking, right? They do a lot of the thinking, whereas the professional uh, doctorates, the uh, practitioners, we're practitioners. So we do more of the doing. We're like hands on instead of more so just, you know, thinking philosophically about it. Um, and so that that was that's why he's smirking right now, because he wants to say 
He wants to 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 say add don't a little part to that comment, mouth. but don't put words. Don't in my do mouth. it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do put it. Words in my mouth. Don't say what I didn't say. It should not be fair to me. <laughs> don't yeah. do not come on this show and show out. <laughs> I mean, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> well, go ahead. What would you want to say? Go ahead, say what yeah. you was going to say. All right. So before I say what I want to say, I, I want to uh. tell everybody listening to us that don't go for PhD if you don't need it. Or don't mm. go for doctorate certificate if you don't need it. You don't need PhD or doctor of whatever, whatever you mentioned to be to be successful or to be to be purposeful or to be impactful or to prosper or to be rich. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. All right. So many people waste their time in a classroom studying PhD. And by the time, as you just said, by the time they come out, they, their qualification is more than the job's qualification they're applying for. Therefore, they have to hide their PhD and master's and use their first degree to apply for a job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So experience matters a lot. Experience is the most important thing. What I want to say, if you want to be in academia, then PhD is, is, is the right thing for you. Go for it. All right. Mm. But if you don't want to be in academia and you want to be in the corporate world, then focus on how to build your experience, your portfolio, so that you, 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 you have more competitive experience. And because we are in a technological advanced, uh, advancing age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, AI um, era. Right, we're in an epic of um, artificial intelligence. So we have to focus on how we can learn more and apply technology to improve our services. If you're in a corporate world or any other sector, then just to waste your time studying PhD and after that, you're not going to make good use of it. Right? But if you want to be in academia, that is fine. Or if you still want to some of some people just want a title. If you just still want it, you can pursue your PhD in the process, like after you've built your experience to a certain extent, all right, where you are very stable, financially stable, in your work stable, whatever you're doing, then you can do the PhD alongside. So the PhD is not leading you to get employment, but it's leading you to be more advanced in wherever you are. And yeah, coming back to your question, yeah, um, you 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 rightfully. I'm not going to argue with you with the disparity of um, disparity between um, PhD and doctor. Pro, I mean, professional. What do you say? Um, practical PhD. Practical. That what you use the word. The, pro, the professional doctorates. Yeah. Pro, okay. And the PhDs. All right. So you write. PhDs, we do the writings, the thinking, critical analysis um, of content, of theories. We make arguments. We do comparative analysis. We do Mm. critical in-depth analysis of theories and how they can be applied. We do all the thinking, put them in writings, and the professional doctors take them and apply. No. No. I would not accept that. But so, so then what you do you are in, no, 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 
no, no, no, you are entitled to your, uh, to your opinion. Yes, you can say that. Okay. No, no, but no. many practitioners know many practitioners in order for us to even apply re, um, what we learn from research, we have to first go and do the research. We don't just take a look at, you know, all the theories that you guys come up with and then we apply them. No, we have to go and do our own research as well, because some of the things that you are thinking about or, or theorizing about may not have anything to do with the problem that we are trying to actively solve. So I don't agree. <laughs> uh? But on a more serious note. Like. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dr. Campbell wants Dr. Larby. Mm. Eh. <laughs> eh. No, he didn't win if no one. If no one. No, don't be happy. I haven't no won? No. I mean, what well, what I said is still stupid because you said I, I also agree to you that before you apply, you need to do research on the theories you're gonna use to apply. And the theories you're gonna research on are done by us. Not necessarily. You, you, Maybe. You don't think, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And for those of you who are like, well, what what do you know, doctors of of social work or doctors of science or you know, doctors of of management do? Whenever you have a specific problem or or issue in that field, it can be any field because they're um, like like I said before, there's a DPH, a doctor of public health. Um, I can imagine that during the pandemic time, you know, during now that DPHs are are probably in high demand because, you you know, you're you have as a practitioner, you are trying to actively solve a problem um, that is existing. And I'm not saying they're you know out there trying to solve uh you know, trying to come up with like a vaccine or anything like that. No, but I mean, they're on different levels. There are problems that arise that as a practitioner, if it's, if it's in your interest, in your field, you are going to want to try to figure out a solution for that. And so, and I'm not, you know, I was just, I just mess with, with Dr. Larby because, you know, as a PhD to say, oh, you just do all the, 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 the theoretical work and the thinking and don't apply anything. But that's not true because we do have some PhDs who, you know, they try to apply what they what their research is to their lessons. And like he said, if you want to go deeper in academia, then PhD is the way. Um, but if you do want to, to venture out more in not just corporate not just corporate, but in, you know, maybe organization development or anything else outside of education or outside of academia. Not, 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 not to say outside of education, because education is not just strict, uh, you know, restricted to in inside of uh, academia. But education could be anything outside. Like you have leadership education, you have financial education, all of that stuff that's outside of a traditional school. But if you want to go into academia... As far as a career is concerned, then yes, PhD is going to be probably the best route for you. And I know you're probably like, but you have a doctor of management and you're in academia. I didn't plan this, okay? <laughs> God literally spun my entire life around and put me in academia. This was not my choice. This was not what I wanted to do at all, but it's working for me. So for now, it's working for me. But yeah. Yeah, so, you're also doing, uh, alongside academia, you're also doing what he's supposed to do. So, 
True. 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 And so are you. And so are you. And honestly, honestly, if you didn't have doctor in front of your name, I don't Mm -hmm. think we would know each other. If I didn't have doctor in front of my name, I don't think we would know each other. I mean, we met, we met at church in Beijing, but (laughs) that was it. (laughs) There would have not been a connection. I would have like, Oh, hi. (laughs) multiply by sizes <laughs> no it's just it it would have been like oh nice to meet you okay <laughs> and then continue on about my business but the fact that the fact that we did have that like that level of education in common allowed us to create like this crazy camaraderie that you know just continued to build over the years and so um, I do think in terms of, and, and I respect what you said to people, you know, if you don't need a PhD or if you don't need a doctorate, then, you know, don't, yeah. don't go after it. Um, yeah. Don't be enticed one, with the title. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I can say is that an advantage of the title is that it really does open some doors for you for connections that mm-hmm. you probably would not have otherwise. And I mean, if you're doing it for, if you're doing it for, like he said, you know, like that, like Dr. Larry said, if you're doing it for the title, please understand that you have, you got to do some, you, you have to make some serious sacrifices just to get to the title. And when it's all said and done, you may not feel that it was worth it. You may not feel that. But the it was thing worth is, it. the thing is, it's, it's a whole lot of pressure, not getting it, but after getting it, a whole lot of pressure and stress. Because as you said, it opens doors and connections for you. So those doors have been open for you because you're a doctor. And as a doctor, they expect you to, to be to be a critical thinker, innovative, creative person. All right. And they expect you to literally know everything about everything. Yeah. All right. When in reality, you know, you know nothing about you know nothing, right? <laughs> you know nothing. Exactly. Oh so that you have to go back and like research and find stuff all over again. Like you just be like, you know, someone asks oh. you a question, be like, hold on, let me let me ask Brother Google about that. Let me ask, <laughs> let me let me go on the internet and check that out real quick. People be like, I thought you knew you know, this already. You know, and the funny thing is, you meet some young guys. I give them a football, Chelsea, Manchester United. Which one is better? Oh, let's call Doctor. He has a PhD. He has a father. What does football got to do with Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> they expect you to know everything you oh know what I mean? so that after getting a doctor you don't have to relax and enjoy the title you, that is where learning begins learning yes. begins after you get yes. it yes I will uh, 100% agree with you on that and I do not always agree with him that's why he's laughing right now I do not always agree with Dr. Larby 100% I agree with you that learning begins after your degree I, I promise you after it's it's so crazy it's like this is okay so I went through all of that all of that you know formal education just to get out of it and now I'm actually learning yeah and what we should let students understand is all the education we go through from kindergarten to your first degree, master's and PhD is preparing you to think. Yes. And to reason critically. Yeah. To analyze things critically. Yeah. All right. So you don't expect to know everything after school. 
School is just to open your mind. Yeah. To open up your brains. All right? So if I see people who don't study, who don't read after school, I feel like they are closing their brains again. All right? Uh-huh. So we should let everybody to understand, you know, that that is why we have a term called lifelong learning. Yes. Learning is lifelong. We never stop it. All right. Yeah. That's why I asked you that all the things you're doing now, did you learn them in school? No. no. Right. No. And you 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 see if you take critical analysis of your life, you find out that you're doing great, amazing things than 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 what you were taught in school. The things you've learned after school is so great and amazing. Right. Yeah. Even traveling to China alone has built up your learning experience. True. You've learned so many things probably in, in your high schools. Probably you learned about geography, social studies, and stuff like that. You learn a little, bit that. a little bit about the world. But I don't remember none of that. <laughs> exactly. But you will never remember anything of this sort until you travel to the country and experience the culture and the people themselves. All right. So the learning has opened the door that, oh, there's a country called China. Okay, let me go visit. And that is where the real learning begins. So real learning begins after school. And everybody should try as much as possible to be learners. And glory be to God, we have technology. We have Google. We have University of YouTube. We have Facebook and stuff like that that we can learn. But the risky thing is we can be fed with wrong information as well. Absolutely. Very careful. That is why we are educators, right? (laughs) So we we should be critical thinking and differentiate between original information and fake information. So sometimes I become so annoyed and disappointed when when educated people spread false news. Like this pandemic, you know, last year, many people were sending a lot of false news, conspiracy theories. And these people are masters, bachelors, and even PhDs. And they were making ignorant, naive conclusions. I'm like, man, you gotta think. You gotta think critically. Don't take what social media tells you. Analyze it. Listen, I I know people who take my mom is one of them. <laughs> my mom will tell me that she girl, did you look, you know this is happening over in China. Really, mom? Where when did you find that out? Oh, it was on Facebook. First of all, Facebook does not Facebook is not giving you real news. Like, come on now. Yeah. But people do that. People do. They they go to social media for uh, for real news or they go to their friends. And I'd be like, but Dr. Some, Kumbo, of, these, some look, of these people you listening to. Dr. Kumbo, the thing is, we, we, we have YouTubers. We have bloggers. We have yeah. Facebook. The more yeah. likes and subscribers you get, the higher you get paid. Yeah, of course. Monetization. So, right. So I can create a content that many people will watch and like, like they wouldn't listen. And yeah. I'm just doing this strategically to get likes, to get subscribers. So yeah. it's a strategic move, not that I want to spread news or information for people to learn. No, I, I just want to build my brand, get income. This is what I do for living. So I create yeah. content people We'll, we'll look out for and we'll ask questions and I will grow. So that is what many people are doing on social media. So yeah. as educators, that is what we have to apply critical thinking to make sure that the information we've heard is true or not. 
And that apply. We're not talking about spiritualism or religion, but you know, I'm just chipping this in. That applies to religion and reading the Bible as well. You know, you go to a church and you see highly educated people sitting in a church and being fooled by one person who calls himself a pastor who doesn't know anything in the Bible or doesn't understand the Bible he or she has read. So, being an educator, you should be able, even though understanding the Bible doesn't matter your education, but with the critical thinking skills you've learned through education, you should be able to connect spiritually, read the Bible, think about it critically, and have spiritual understanding of it. And that is how you'll be able to understand what God or what God is telling or speaking to you about, right? So, I mean... Frank, this is why it took so long for me to get you behind up here on this podcast, because you always going to try and flip it and start preaching. Now, we're not preaching today, Frank. I can bring you back for another time. We're not... Pre- Dr. Larby, we are not preaching today. <laughs> I know. Always right, trying but... to preach. <laughs> you always but... trying to preach. Bring it back. It's part of life, right? That's why I said I'm chipping it in, right? I'm I'm not yeah, sure too much of it, but I'm just just but kidding. no, you're you're right. You're right though. Yeah. So um, but so okay, so back to the original title. And I actually I've been I've I, uh, I've been thinking about now. This is all from a millennial perspective. Okay, we're both millennial leaders, and um, actually global millennial leaders because he's originally from Ghana, living, teaching, working right here in China in Guangzhou, and I'm originally from the United States, living, teaching, working right here in Dalian, China. And so um, we, you know, this is a millennial's perspective, and I've actually been been. Thinking, I've been playing around with the concept of creating a series because I know other millennials who have either just, you know, received their PhDs or their doctorates or they've had them for a few years. And so um, just getting other insights and inputs as well, because um, we're not always going to agree with each other, whether or not you think that is, you know, is getting a doctorate worth it in 2021. Um, You know, that's that's the that's the title that we're talking about. And from Dr. Larby's personal experience, you, you know, you can tell his feelings about it. And, and he just straightforwardly told you if it's not something that you really do like have a desire for, then don't get it. He even told you that you don't need it to, you know, to pursue your goals or your dreams in life. Um, and I come from the the perspective of I partially agree with that statement, um, which is fine. You don't have to agree on everything. I partially agree with that statement because I also know that, um, man, it's, it's crazy. The, the title is crazy that the kind of doors that having that title will open for you. Um, but the thing is, if a door or an opportunity is created for you, you better have the content to back it up. You better have the knowledge and the wisdom to walk through that door because you are going to be tested big time. You're going to be tested big time to see if you're worthy of having that title. So listen, Dr. Frank Larby, my my dear friend, my dear comrade, thank you so much for to, uh, for joining us on the Leaders Lab podcast this week. I don't know. Do you guys think I should have him back? We have we have conversations all the time and we have topics that we can talk about for 
days. So if you guys think that I should have uh, Dr. Frank Larby come back on the show, let me know in the comments below. Let me know as you comment, rate, and subscribe. Um, we have quite a few topics. I actually, I was on his show a few weeks ago uh, where we talked about leadership. And so we're just, we're going back and forth, back and forth. So this will not be the uh, the only time that you'll be hearing from Dr. Frank Larby here on the Leaders Lab podcast. Uh, he will definitely be back in the future. So thank you, Dr. Larby, for coming uh, and joining uh, us on the Leaders Lab podcast. Any last words you would like to say to my audience? Thank you, Dr. Kapil, for such a great opportunity to speak to your audience on this topic. Yeah, so what I want to say is education is very important. There's uh, a quote that says that, I forgot the person who wrote it, who's behind the quote, but it says, if education is not important, or if education is expensive, try ignorance. Mm, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. So education, we say, is the key, all right? And uh, it's, it's, I also put it this way, it's lightening up the brain. Okay, so pursue education, study. If you don't have the money to go to the university to pay fees, tuition fees, and stuff like that to get a certificate, we have Google, and you can search for so many um, academic information, scientific information from the right sources to learn. There are so many published papers that you can learn from, all right? You can go on YouTube, all right? Yeah, so getting the knowledge is more important. So try as much as possible. Educate yourself. Ask questions. Don't take anything people throws to you. Ask questions. Think critically. Delve into information to find out the truth yourself. The mm -hmm. truth yourself. Open up your eyes. Understand your reality. Create your reality. Don't let others to create your reality for you or to create your world for you. What is what 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 is reality to you? What does the world mean to you? Search it and understanding yourself. And that is how you'll be able to know how to approach things in our society. Getting your PhD is very important, as I said, if you want to be in academia. But if you don't want to directly work in academia, work and focus on building your skills in wherever you are. Afterwards, you can get your PhD, you can get a title for any other connections, whether politically or you know, building social capital or any sort of connection that you want, you know. So you don't have to waste your time just sitting in a classroom getting knowledge. The same amount of knowledge you can get in a classroom, you can get it outside the classroom. True. And real learning goes on outside a classroom. If you have the opportunity to be in a classroom, fair enough. Now with technology, you can study online whilst you do your own personal stuff. So you can... You know, but the good thing about offline education is you have classmates. That is all. You know, you build your social connections. You're, oh, my, my classmate was here. My classmate was there. You know, so yes. that is the only important thing. So thank you all for having me. Thank you for listening to me. If I say anything that you don't agree with me, that is great. It's, that is great you don't agree. Drop your comments and your suggestion in the comment box. Tell me why you don't agree with me and let's have a conversation. Thank you. Okay, auditioning to be a co-host on the Leaders Lab podcast. <laughs> okay.
appreciate you auditioning to be a co-host. All right. So like Dr. Frank said, we we appreciate your, your tuning in today. Again, I cannot believe that this is the 20th episode, 20 straight weeks of the Leaders Lab podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about that. Thank you. Yeah. And I look forward yeah. to the rest of the podcast episodes that we're going to have. And like I said, oh, we I will definitely forward. have Dr. Larby back. Yeah, I mean, sure. Maybe I... <laughs> I well, I mean, if if you want to invite me, yeah, uh, I hope I didn't give you tough time, but yeah, it is what it is. I Whatever, promise, to behave, I promise to behave next time. Uh, Dr. Larvey, you I can handle you, you are not a problem, so you could you bring oh, all good. the foolishness you want, you can bring all the foolishness you not. We will shut it down. You hear me? <laughs> you can bring all the foolishness you want on this show, I will okay. shut it down and cut it out, I will edit it all out. <laughs> Well, that is all the only power you have. That is why I don't do recorded shows. I do live shows because I wanted. Well, I do live shows on Mondays, which just in case you all did not know, I do live motivational Mondays. It's called Let's Talk series and it airs on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter by way of Periscope every single Monday. Every single Monday morning, Eastern Standard Time. And so, um, yeah, I do live shows for that. And and people are able to comment and uh, live in real time and all of that. But, yeah, Dr. Dr. Frank's show is um, is like a webinar and it is live and people are attending and all of that. And maybe one day if I if I decide to do the Leaders Lab podcast live, um, then I will do that and I will make sure that. You know, Dr. Larby is invited um, so he can back up all the all the talk that he has. Because, I mean, he's t- he's talking a whole lot of trash today. So let's just see. Let's just see if he can back that up. So anyways, thank you all for tuning That's in. Why I like live shows. That's why I like live shows, because you not have the chance to edit and take out my trash. My trash is very important. We have a lot of good information out there and they're not helping our societies. Let's try to trash information. Maybe they're going to help. No, I'm going to keep all the good stuff. I just trash the unnecessary banter. I just trash all the other stuff. Everything is necessary. Sometimes you have to speak harsh words, you know, to change people. Soft words don't work anymore. That is why revolutionalist. That's why revolutionalist or revolutionalist are hard. They're not like, um, uh, my brothers, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, my fellow Americans, my fellow Ghanaians. If you see someone talking like that, it means they come to rob you. Oh, well, we're not doing that right now. They're going to like, rob I, you. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I think we're kind of getting a bit off topic at the moment, but I see what you're saying. Yes, I understand the 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 pros and the cons of of doing live recordings for a podcast, but Thinking about my schedule is the reason why I have pre-recorded and people are able to just go back and watch it at any time. So that is good. On your show. Post it as how it is. Post it as how it is. Let it be. 
I mean, so thank you for tuning in to the Leaders Lab podcast today. Everyone, I ask you to subscribe to the Leaders Lab podcast. Download today's episode if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Anchor, RSS feed, or the YouTube channel. We ask, we definitely ask you to rate, comment, and share so we can continue to reach millennial entre leaders all across the globe. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Leaders Lab Podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Charity TV or simply at Dr. Charity TV. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, uh, Pinterest, anything and everything with Dr. Charity TV. And on uh, Facebook, it is Dr. Charity TV page. And Dr. Larby, what about if people want to connect with you? How can they reach you? I'm not really a social media type of person, but yeah, I do have Facebook. You can connect me, Frank Okain Larby. Okain is O-K-A-I. Yeah, you can connect me on Facebook. You can connect me on my website, um, www.lofric.net. We are into... Um, solving academic problems, you know, if you want to um, improve your research writing skills, contact us. We provide you that sort of training. If you want to edit your paper, you know, to send to general for publication, we help you read your paper, edit it, give you guide, guidelines of how we can improve your paper to be highly acceptable or to be um, um, fit for uh, general for publication. All right. If you also want to contact us and collaborate for research, we also free. We also, you know, collaborate with institutions to conduct scientific research. If you, um, if if any institution is listening, or if you work in an institution that you need to um, collaborate, yeah, we all we also open our doors for that. We also publish um, um, on our website. If you have any ideas, sometimes if you don't want to go through the hassles of publication. You know, you can write your ideas within a limited words, like 2,400 words, including reference list. Send it to us via the email. If you visit a website, you can, um, uh, you see the email, you send it to us. We read the edits, you know, and if it's good enough, we publish it on our website so that people will see what you have. And not just publish, we're going to have conversation on it and see how your research would also have impact. Right. So, yeah, we do many stuff. So uh, visit the website, find more information and let's build our academic works together. Excellent. Well, thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all next week in the lab. Thank you for listening to the Leaders Lab podcast. Visit our website at www.drcharitytv.com. And follow us on all social media platforms with at Dr. Charity TV. And so that that was... That's why he's smirking right now because he wants to say, he wants to to, to say add a little part to that comment. Mouth, but don't put words. Don't in my do mouth. it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Words in my mouth. Don't say what, what I didn't say. It should not be fair to me. <laughs> don't yeah. do not come on this show and show out. <laughs> I mean.
don't put words in her mouth. <laughs> well, go ahead. What would you want to say? Go ahead. Say what yeah. you was going to say. Right. So before I say what I want to say, I, I want to uh. tell everybody listening to us that don't go for PhD if you don't need it. Or don't mm. go for doctorate certificate if you don't need it. You don't need PhD or doctor of whatever, whatever you mentioned to be successful or to be impactful. You're listening to The Leader's Lab with Dr. Charity TV.